gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode one of Top Marks. That's right, the internet did not have enough wrestling podcasts. <laughs> we decided to make another. Uh, Justin Morissette with you here and uh, with me for this episode and for uh, presumably every episode. His face is on the cover art of the podcast, uh, my friend, and, and soon to be yours, Josh Custodio. Before we even get into these introductions, we all know wrestling is about the big debuts. And i got to tell you. This has a big debut feel. Yo, it's going to be a big fight, absolutely. There's no question. We're bringing the big fight. It's got the big fight feel. We're recording in the big yard today. <laughs> There's no bigger yard, and it's our yard, and it's the podcast. It's called Top Marks, and I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're thinking, when I tried to look this up in iTunes, there was already a wrestling podcast called Top Marks. Oh, ignore those guys. And that's true, but those guys... Uh, you know, they're, 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 they'll never make it in the Fed. <laughs> they're out there on the indies, and we're never going to hear from them. They're never, they've made two episodes ever, and I think they gave up sometime last year. So, you know what, if they want to claim gimmick infringement, we are open to that. But I don't think uh, they have a case to stand on, because we've probably already amassed more listeners than them, and we're not even a minute and a half deep. Without ever hearing their podcast, I already am very confident that ours is better. I mean, two episodes deep, you're a total loser. You gave up. I got willpower. I'm going to episode 316 on this one. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, that is eight years of episodes if we do this once a week. I've been watching wrestling since I'm eight years old. I see no reason to stop now. Yeah, um, and you are like a freak about that uh, because, you know... Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is for the 100th time... He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, the janitor himself. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Josh, the boss, <laughs> Custodio. Happy birthday to you, JMO. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to the hashtag good friends. And happy birthday because it is the 100th episode of Top Marks. That's right. It's Top Marks 100. Mama the 100th yeah. Top Marks episode. Episode number 100. <laughs> the big one. 100, as they call it. Triple digits for the first time ever. They said it couldn't be done, and yet here we are doing it. Triple digits for the last time ever as well. You've From here on out, every time we record a new episode, I'm deleting an old episode. <laughs> That's the facts. That's what we do here. That's how it's going down. That's what's happening on Top Marks. The truth is, folks, he's correct. It will always be triple digits, because let's be honest, I don't think this is making it to episode 1,000. It took uh, two years to get to 100. Yeah, I don't, we might. I do think we'll still be friends in Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, but we'll so I'm going to number all of them. How many years from now is episode 1,000? If two years is 100, I should be able to figure this out. It's ten, so it's 20 years, yeah. I think. Yeah. So I'll be, yeah, 30. That'll be, yeah, I don't know. It'll I'll be, be, yeah, 49 yeah. for me. It'll be <laughs> weird still watching wrestling at that mm, age. I don't but, think, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Who would do that? Yeah, once I'm in my 20s, it'll, it might fall by the wayside. Folks, like Justin said, thanks for tuning in to uh, my favorite wrestling podcast, Top Marks, uh, where we break down the, the news and notes of the, the world of wrestling at large. It is weird, though, to have such a joyous occasion and not, like, 
throw a house party like we just did for WrestleMania. <laughs> or, like, not do something, like, crazy special. The the timing is weird because we, of course, just had our, our Whiskey Mania week where we, you know, crank out the content. Mm-hmm. And so here, we sort of decided that we'll pull back the curtain. That we just wanted to do a very good distilled episode of Top Marks for number 100, a celebration of yeah. all things Top Marks. And thank you to the hashtag good friends for sending in so many nice messages today. Very sweet and heartwarming. Yeah, if anything, we, we tried to tease out the drama on the build to 100. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was like the, the like, Spider-Man cover where he's he, like he's got his uh, his Spider-Man outfit in the garbage. Oh yeah, and it's <laughs> like Spider-Man, no more. Yeah, I threw my uh, top marks uh, costume in, in, the a, trash. in a in a trash can in an alleyway, <laughs> and I walked down the alley and then like looked back at the costume, uh, and someone <laughs> drew it out. Of course, of course, but that's yes, just how yeah. it works. Hashtag Good Friends No More was the uh, <laughs> was the tagline there. It was heartbreaking. No, yeah, we we teased them. We 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 teased the breakup, but that that's never gonna happen, folks. Hashtag good friends <laughs> all day, all night. All my proud. See, this is a problem with the revival's theme song. You yeah. know, I love the song, I really do, and I think mm-hmm. it suits them. But do you not feel a little weird when it's like all my southern people who be ready to fight say yeah? Yeah. Well, you said it, but I mean, it's weird to to do the call. I guess, yeah, because I'm not a proud Southern person. No, and in fact, I don't want to line up with them either. That's what yeah. I mean. It's like the proud Southern people who are ready to fight. I don't like you. Yeah, like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> I, I loved their guitar licks when I was like in grade nine. Of course. But then I'm, when I'm 30 years old, which I was last year and I'm no longer, <laughs> I picked an age that I'm not anymore. I'm looking back on that being like, oh, a lot of Confederate flags with those guys. Everywhere. That's a red flag. Everywhere with the Leonard Skinners and the Confederate flag. A lot lot of red flags around that band in general. There really is. Yeah, the Southern flag, mostly. (laughs) That's really. And so. I, it, Revival, if you're listening, I don't think they do listen, but if they do, Scott Titus, Dawson. If, the, if they're riding with Titus, yeah. and Titus has us pumping on the uh, on the car stereo, which of course he always does. He loves it. Hello, Titus. Man, what could be some some other things they could say instead of all my southern people? Is there some, how about all my nice people? Uh, all my nice yeah, people. All my proud, friendly people. Yes. Well, maybe not. Again, with proud, you know, you run into some yeah, trickiness. Yeah, I guess being proud boys is not a good yeah, look. 2019 is tricky, man. It's true. There's mines everywhere. How about, how about, okay, here. In this field that we find ourselves walking through. All my proud people who are accepting of everyone and kind to others who are ready to stay pacifists. Say yeah! All my inclusive people who are ready to hug. <laughs> Say yeah! 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 J-Mo, lots going on in the wrestling world this week. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting little week there. WWE is in a weird spot right now where their own rules have never been less clear as it pertains to the brand. And this is almost a talking point of yours where it's mm. like, because I feel like last year you were right. They had moments of, you know, not necessarily adhering to the brand split. You think of Cena, some others. Yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really care too much, though. Yeah. I've brought it up in the past just to be like, you know, what's going on here or whatever as a talking point. To me, though, like, they broke the rules of the brand split immediately to do a a Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton feud. Right. I thought that was great. Yeah. So, like, I can't really be like, well, you should play hard and firm with things. But this week, you're right. Like, things really have been pushed so far that... What the heck is going on here? I, I would just like listen. I don't mind the the bleed between brands as much as some other people. Mm. I just want the rules explained. Is all you you think of uh, Andrade going back to SmackDown this week, and then others popping up on Raw? 
just explain that there was a trade that happened. Bring out, you know, here's the two GMs, it's, and they made this trade. And with Andrade, too, it's literally the easiest person to explain. Be- Why is that? Because he beat Finn Balor in his yeah. Raw debut, who was the IC champion, and the IC champion then went to SmackDown. So the title that you just earned a shot at by right. pinning the champ is now on a different show. What are you going to do about that? If you're just any old wrestler, probably nothing. If you're a wrestler who has a business manager who's looking out for wow. your best interests and trying to maneuver you yep. as best as possible, she could probably orchestrate a move for you to go to SmackDown again and chase the title that you should rightfully have a chance at. Well, and especially specifically with Zelina, because like you say, she is like a business agent. Yeah. Like, like this sort of thing. That... It's like the only guy who should have a valid reason to <laughs> still be able to make a move again after the swap. Like... I'm very happy he is back on SmackDown for whatever it's worth. Me I too. like Andrade and SmackDown. And it feels I'm, like a good pairing. I'm very glad that Aleister Black is back on SmackDown as well. I yep. think you'll remember that those were two guys <laughs> that I was arguing the show should be built around once this is all shaken out, basically. Well, absolutely. Um, but like maybe the reason that they didn't entirely lean into that, and I will say... I was watching that match, the rematch between Balor and uh, Andrade, which was not as good as the first one, no. but also did not have as much time. Yeah, I didn't have the parameters to be as good. They really have one sp- slot every week for like a long match on SmackDown, and yeah. this this week it went to uh, Charlotte and Bailey, and I don't think that's a bad move at all. No, I think like reintroducing Bailey as a important player, separate from Sasha, in the you know not that Charlotte, it, well I guess Charlotte's in the main event picture, you could say, n- not in the title hunt, but a big name, right? But, but Bailey felt like a big deal at yeah. the end of that, even though she lost, and like I saw a bunch of people who were very upset. That she did not win that. Not and me. Yeah. How can you be? I don't know if you're just saying that because you don't like Bailey. Is that what you're saying? Yes, but also, you have. So- She's I, a baby face on the chase. Not only that, it's like, do you want to squander so much Charlotte? She's put in such a performance this year. Didn't get the shine out of the triple threat at Mania. True. And it's like you want her to come out of that to losing to Bailey. Like, I mean, Charlotte. Charlotte might. You could make an argument. Charlotte was the best performer on the mic. Better than Becky Lynch in the lead up to Mania. That might be true. And and, and then Ronda goes away, and Charlotte is just left losing to Bailey. That that feels like worse booking to me. But also, like we're gonna take one of those belts off of Becky Lynch. Becky two belts. Yeah. Will she become Becky one belt? <laughs> yes, she will. <laughs> Probably. Like potentially as soon as Money in the Bank. Yeah. That she's gonna work two matches on that show, and Charlotte will get the better of her when she's exhausted after Lacey. That's right. Um, you know, I personally would rather go a different route. What would you do? Because I think that is what's going to happen yeah, when you said that. I, I think she should successfully defend in both matches and then lose mm. to whoever's cashing in. But the problem with oh, that sure. is you did a women's cash-in night of last year. I, I think I'm a little – much like so many things in WWE – I want the pause on the same night cash in for now. It's mm. never going to feel better than Dean, where you you know you complete the Shield cycle so well at the top of a pay per view. Let it lay for a little bit. It, it's like cashing in at Mania with Seth. It's like, all right, that's the time we did that for now. You know, I I don't know. I'm not crazy about the same night cash in, especially when you think of how much, especially some heels, the mileage they can get out of carrying that briefcase. Now, not everyone can do it. Yeah. But the night of does feel it's a good you know moment, but it seems like you get a lot more mileage out of it. Yeah, I still I do feel like the right move is to have Becky lose one of her titles on a cash in after she's had two matches in a row. Yeah. Like, that, I like that. but And maybe you you don't do that night of. You can hold that for Backlash in June, maybe. Sure. But, but like, regardless, 
Either way, I don't think we're going to get that far, unfortunately, because I do think Charlotte's going to take the SmackDown belt back. That's at, what I think, too. At Money in the Bank. And if that's what's going to happen, you can't be upset that Bailey didn't win the match because Bailey is a babyface. Yep. She is a beloved babyface. And she felt important on SmackDown this First week. First time in a while. Exactly. Um, and she just had titles, keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me she didn't feel more important on Tuesday than she did with those tag belts. Because, yeah, being a solo star is more impressive than being in a tag team. It a, always is going to. A truth, but a sad truth in yeah. a way. Uh, also, if you're looking at SmackDown right now, you go, Josh, come on, you're, you're so smart and handsome. Tell us what the feud is on SmackDown for the win. Please give us your knowledge, brain genius. Well, folks, it's Ember Moon and Charlotte. Like, yeah. that's, that's the feud I want to see. So if you have that belt on Charlotte and you get over to Ember Moon, and they've never crossed paths. Give and it to me and put Bailey on a chase, man. Yep. Give give her a story for sure, of course. But have it be something that pays off over the course of however long. I think one of the biggest mistakes that they made with Becky Lynch on the build to Mania was have her become SmackDown champion multiple times during the build to it. Yeah, like I understand why they did it because we got champ versus champ sure. moments and and stuff like that. Um, and you wanted to give her some big wins because you couldn't justify having her lose. Yeah. But, like, we're waiting for the big one. So don't give me small little moments along the way. I want a huge victory to feel like a big deal. And, in fact, they fucked it up when they gave Bailey the title in the first place, right? Like, wow. they broke yeah. Charlotte's streak at Fastlane with a match that no one remembers or cares about. Didn't Nia's streak end that night, too? It's like, yeah, yeah. but Sasha ended Nia's streak Man. the same night. And oh. you could have done both those things at WrestleMania yeah, three and it would have felt later. like a big deal. <laughs> and they didn't. So... Don't tell me that it's bad that Bailey lost and isn't going to be champion two weeks from now. That's not the story that works for Bailey ever. No. It's never going to be. And it's to. not going to be. Yeah. Until the inevitable Bailey heel turn, which everyone's <laughs> dying for. <laughs> might might happen. You never know. Oh, God. But we were talking about Andrade moving yes. back. And yeah, they they as I was thinking this, I'm like, he's got a fucking manager. Just say that he swapped back, that she arranged mm. it. As I was saying, why aren't they giving this explanation? Graves kind of said that he oh, said he? something like i wouldn't be surprised if zelina is responsible for this given oh, okay. she's always making moves or whatever but they never like explicitly said that was why did he call out the ic title at all uh she did on the promo yeah she was like you thought you could jump ships uh, jump shows and not get away from us but graves never pointed out like he has a win that's why zelina businessed him over exactly yeah. now, like sort of hinted at it but never explicitly spelled it out and here's what i'm thinking is the reason why go ahead even though i just gave you an elaborate explanation as to why he is the perfect person to have an explanation and they're stupid for avoiding it if you're going to make more moves on top of that like alistair coming back like ginger coming over was there anything else that happened i'm trying to think ginger came back alistair and andrade i think that's it yeah and cesaro went to raw oh yeah cesaro singles on raw uh, but ginger was a surprise that yep. caught me off guard a little bit if what ginger <laughs> being on television yeah <laughs> yeah but especially being on smackdown former War WWE World Champion. It's true. SmackDown's short on heels, though, so I could yeah. see why they did that. And I know you and I both sort of have more of a soft spot for Jinder than I think most people do, It too. does feel like he's dropped off an enormous degree. Off a cliff. Like, Mike had to remind me today, this afternoon, that, like, there is a history of just putting Roman in nothing feuds to keep him out of the Money in the Bank ladder oh, That's match. true. Because it was Jinder last year. And I remember watching that match, but I have no memory of that match. Until Mike brought it up, I completely forgot that happened. There's a lot, a lot of matches like that, man, with but, Roman especially. But we are a year removed from Jinder being such a prominent player that he was the feud for Roman Reigns shortly yeah. after WrestleMania Think last year. Think about that, eh? 
and that feels impossible. It truly right feels now. impossible. But the reason why they wouldn't use the excuse for Andrade is because if you're going to make more moves with these two other guys and they don't have a reason, why would you give one guy a reason and then and act not the like others? Exactly. Hmm. I, I'll push back on that a little bit. I especially within like the sphere of a show, it's like you do have to get in what you can get in. I, I think people would be more accepting of an explanation for Andrade. I don't know if anybody would be like, I mean, you well, could also about? say the Sings did the same for gender. Yeah, yeah there's ways of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I just say that, you know, this is a bit of meta, but I enjoy the WWE kept the couples together. I feel happy for Aleister Black and Zelina. They get to hit the road together and doubly for Charlotte and Andrade. It's, I like that these people are on the same show. I was thinking something like this last night. Which What's is, that? Do you remember, like, being a, a kid and watching wrestling? Of course, and even, yeah. even into your teen years, like following the backstage drama like that and all of the people who were shacking up all of the the backstage romances oh, yeah. was always like salacious oh yeah like and maybe that's just the nature of like you know edge luring lita away from matt hardy well that's and, the example yeah. right but like and it was salacious <laughs> yeah but every time i think of like backstage romances back in the day I guess you also have like awful things happening, like Austin beating Deborah or whatever. That's a bad one for sure. That's that's, not good at all. Tough to be get worse than that. Yeah, uh, Uh, but it it all has like a tabloid feel to it. Yes. Whereas, like, I feel like I know more right now about backstage relationships and romances and all that sort of thing in WWE than I could have ever possibly back in the day. Of course, yeah, Instagram. And it's all wholesome. Yeah, I feel so good about all of it. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They're all they're all couples that I'm like. They're so cute or whatever. Like, and I love knowing that these things are happening. It doesn't like – it's not like a kayfabe or whatever thing at all. Who's your favorite WWE couple right now? Probably Miz and Marie's, man. Oh, how did I not think of Miz and Marie's? Yeah. I love those they're, two. I don't even watch their reality show, but they're so – like, I just love them so much that I, sh- I feel guilty that I'm not watching it. Hearing Miz talk about why he likes Maurice so much is just so good. It's like, he's like, she really accepts me. He's like, I'm kind of an asshole. We're, we love making fun of people together. <laughs> we we just think one another are so funny. We and love our are. kid. They are super funny. Well, That's why I like them. The total bullshit, uh, yeah. those segments where they're being John Cena and Nikki Bell. That might be the funniest thing on WWE television. I put it over Fashion Files for like laugh out loud humor. Yeah, like I, I'm I trying agree. to think of what else competes in the modern era like those were how yeah. many were there maybe three four episodes of it uh yeah it's probably totaled about 10 minutes oh i'd include southpaw on that if that counts too that yeah. always gets my uh gets me laughing as well jamo you brought up uh it's just funny though that, like you know we're, we're in an era where like andrade and charlotte are being covered in tmz you're like are they or aren't they engaged <laughs> no one knows for sure and it's okay. it couldn't be more tabloid people magazine style reporting but it doesn't feel like scandalous yeah, or whatever There's i totally no, get what it's you mean. like very very wholesome, yep. and, I, and like, it makes me feel good. May I say this about uh, Charlotte Andrade? It, it's none of my business, Jamo. Okay, mm. it's none of my business, and maybe I shouldn't even say this. But guys, I'd love if you two would crank out a kid. I mean, can you imagine how good at wrestling this child would be? The 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 child of Andrade Cien Almas and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, this could come out of the womb knowing a moonsault. I mean, this is when you merge like the Tranquilo. Wow. Of El Idolo. Yes. And then you've also got, like, the cool strut walk of the, Flair. The pomp and circumstance of mm-hmm. the Flair dynasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they both moonsault. True. <laughs> so there's, I'm just saying, True. there's a lot going on here. So, yeah, I hope they have, like, a son, 
and that their their boy like grows up to wear like the robes but with a lucha mask on top. Wow. Frankly, you'd love to see it. Yeah. That would be 20, absolutely 20 fun. years from now when we're doing top marks a thousand. <laughs> yeah. That's who we're talking about, bud. <laughs> I told you the kid could moonsault. I fucking told you. <laughs> Just kidding. I would never remember something from 20 years ago. I don't remember anything from last week. I know. Jamo, we you brought up the big dog. Uh, the big dog, Roman Reigns, who I, I think we got to say a couple things about Roman Reigns this week. One, people are back to booing Roman Reigns. It's very weird. Yeah. I don't. I really thought that like bark with the big dog could be a thing. I thought so too. Like when he did his return oh, from oh, cancer oh. promo and everyone's barking with him. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Maybe like, crowds should be lapping that shit up. And they only are not. One crowd did it. It was the night he came back from cancer. That's it. Yeah, I feel like they've been sort of walking a tightrope walk since then. And then on Tuesday, I felt like he just got a straight up, not a bad reception, but but you know what I mean. He was actively being booed. But the. <laughs> Here's here's I'm worried about SmackDown. You're worried, and Uh-oh. I don't want to be worried about SmackDown. You're making me worried because I I trust that show more than I trust most other things in WWE programming. Sure. But we talked uh, about this uh, off air last week a little bit. Like you got to be a bit concerned about Road Dog walking away after sure, being head writer of that show for the entire time that it's been good, basically. Yep. That's concerning, and and that might have an impact on creative. And this SmackDown this week did just sort of feel like a shorter Raw. Yeah, I had the exact same feeling walking away from it, it with a few bright spots. Absolutely, there are exceptions, but but I did get that sense as well. Without Daniel Bryan on this show, it is it's missing a lot. When you think of you go back even a month, you've got Joe Andrade, Daniel Bryan, Kofi, like you've got some hot people that I'm interested in. And right now your top heels on that show are Shane McMahon, yep. Lars Sullivan, oh yeah, Lars, right. Randy Orton. Yeah, jeez. Oh, Kevin Owens Kevin now, Owens of course, now. who we will touch on. I want to say this about uh, the big dog. Despite him getting booed. But Ginger and Andrade, you know, that's why they're heading back that way. Why, when is Andrade just going to become the top heel? Like, can we just make that happen? It should be right now. Yeah, <laughs> it should be yesterday. Yeah, is it, it should be. be Kofi versus Andrade. That's Give that to me. One thousand percent. If, if, <laughs> if Finn Balor can have, like, a match that makes people stand up and say, like, oh, this guy's good again. Like, he's back. Oh, yeah. With Andrade. Like, think of what Kofi can do with him. Andrade is to singles performers what the revival is to tag teams. It's just like you get in there and you give them enough time, you're going to look great on the other you're side. absolutely bang on correct. How it goes. Uh, about Roman Reigns, though, J-Mo. I, and listen, Lord knows neither of us. We, we both sort of sit in a similar spot with him, I think, which is we've never hated him as much as some people have, and I don't think we've I, ever loved I did. Him. Okay. I, I didn't – not him personally. But the push. But the booking and just like – it's it's really just holding him up at the expense of the rest of the company. Sure. And then, you know, Ryback talked about that on Reddit this week. <laughs> like if they don't want a guy to be over, they'll do things to make sure that that goes away. And it, and it's all and you can the, see it. Yeah, and it's all at the expense uh, of of trying to make a guy uh, fit into a, a, a square peg into a round hole. It's never going to work the way that they want Roman to work. Now, just to make your position abundantly clear, you did love the fast lane match where he pinned Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan had to then tell the fans. That's the worst thing that's happened <laughs> since I've been a fan again. <laughs> that's the worst thing that's happened since you've been alive. <laughs> Probably, yes. Uh, but, Jamal, I'm I mean, all we in. We talk about it all the time, and it was like five years ago. I, I will continue talking about yeah, it all the 20 time. 20 years from now, when we're doing Top Marks 1000, we're still talking about that. <laughs> that's the one thing I do remember. Yeah. Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon, I'm all in. Yeah, I I got a big positive vibe off of it initially too. What and do it, you like about it? Um, 
it's, but, it's it, I didn't want to see Roman versus Vince. Yeah. But if you're going to funnel that heat off attacking Vince into Shane, that is a pairing that I'm into because look, Shane's Shane's had great matches with AJ Styles. Yep. He had a great match with uh, people always forget the Kevin Owens one. Yeah. I love that Hell in yeah, a Cell. The Hell in a Cell with Owens is not just a great match. It was like the longest main event WWE match of that year. It's like 45 minutes, 50 minutes, 36 or 37 okay. minutes long. But most main event, like, dude, this year's Elimination Chamber, I don't even think is that yeah. long. Or if it is, it might be like a minute longer. And that's a match that eliminated four guys before we were left with our final two. And those two went for a while. Yeah. The end of it. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, like, that match was great. The match uh, with, with Miz at Mania was yep. super good. It's uh, weird because, like, the only miss I can think of, the Undertaker match obviously is... You know, but even spot. the stunt on that is, is incredibly memorable. Yeah. Did you see the tremendous meme going around this week where somebody photoshopped Hulk Hogan up there on the top of the cage and doing the leg drop off the top into the table? No. I hate the Hulkster, as you well know, but um, that would be the greatest moment in wrestling history, the leg drop off the cage through a table. Oh, yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> be incredible. Jim, here's why I like the pairing of Shane and Mack and uh, Roman Reigns so much. Is Roman Reigns so often feels like the formula guy on the show. So formulaic. You know, you see the spear or you see the Superman, you know, feels a bit like the five moves of doom cena era shane mcmahon is all bells and whistles and so the combination of these two maybe a false count i guess they just did false count anywhere but there's gonna be some sort of smoke and mirrors you think of the spear in their survivor series match i i, I like these guys pairing up even if i hate the leaning on roman versus the mcmahons like but yeah i didn't feel like they leaned that heavily on that on tuesday i didn't think so either he obviously was very upset about having his dad attacked which is weird because shane and vince don't even seem that close right now in my mind like wasn't their last time in ring at raw 1000 and they like were a little contentious am I'm, i misremembering this uh yeah but that <laughs> raw 1000 is like it doesn't count yeah it's a vacuum that yeah. we just like there's bypass. just things that happen on that show that are for the crowd that night to salute things that have happened in the past you know, like, yeah, Shane was a baby face, but he was playing a heel that night yeah. so that Austin could stun him. That right. doesn't really That's true. count yeah. as anything. But it is funny that, like, somebody posted in the group chat this week that Vince had, like, a tweet on John Cena's birthday just <laughs> filled with accolades about how he's, like, the Babe Ruth of WWE, <laughs> the greatest person that Vince has ever known. His hero. Yeah, it's like a full paragraph just laying adulation on Cena. John Cena, the JC, more like Jesus Christ. And then it was Shane McMahon's birthday, and he just wrote "Happy Birthday, Shane." And yeah, that was no it. punctuation. <laughs> Happy birthday at Shane McMahon. Yeah, so that, funny. That's it. That's all. So, Unbelievably you know, funny. Does he does he love John Cena like a son more than his own son? Probably yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But within you know, they just did a whole storyline about dads being proud of them. Yeah, you know? that's true. And so like Vince, like that is building on. The story that was being told for Shane in the Miz feud, I don't have a problem with that. No. And and I also, yeah, I, I remembered today, like you said, the stunt. Because I, I, what I'm feeling enticed about this pairing is I can't wait to see what the Shane stunt is going to be. Yeah. That's like the appeal of every Shane feud is like, well, what's he going to do this <laughs> How time? will this poor man hurt himself? And as I was thinking of like what they could do with the spear that's fun, I just remembered the Survivor Series thing that they already did. Which was legitimately frightening. Like, might be the scariest chain stunt because you could see that he was, like, glass-eyed and dead after yeah, it. I think he, like, fully got the wind knocked out of he him. He was, was like, absolutely up, right? concussed. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, that match is so good. I think people sleep on it sometimes. That, it that is one of the better Survivor Series for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what I also like about this uh, is that, like, I kind of like the the Shane. It's exactly why Shane and Miz worked too, right? Like, you look at. Miz, and I talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago before WrestleMania, he's somebody that they've tried to turn face in the past, and it's never really worked because, like, the things that you like about him as a heel don't translate to him being a, a cheerable baby face. At all. For me, it's literally never up until but, the last month. But the reason it worked with Shane is that you've just finally found somebody that you want to root against no matter who's up against him. So if, if Miz is going to be against Shane McMahon and Shane is going to be full rich boy shit heel, yeah, I will always cheer for the Miz in that situation. And that's why it should hypothetically work for Roman here as well, is like if crowds want to boo Roman Reigns, crowds do not want to cheer Shane McMahon. And Shane, the, the only problem this feud might run into is he's going to have to be cheating constantly because, like, within kayfabe, Roman mm. Reigns can just destroy Shane McMahon. Do you think we see the Mean Street Posse here at all? Um, I could see them adding some sort of people flanking Shane. Yeah, to, I don't see the Posse themselves coming back because, I mean, I think we've done that not that long ago. Yeah, maybe they were just in the crowd at, uh, like, Pete Gas was in the crowd. No, I think you're right. Weren't they on TV for something? I'm not sure. I can't fucking remember. Regardless, I like they're they're building a new. There will be like a heel stable. Yes, it's you can see it happening right now. The way that Shane was palling around with Elias on SmackDown. Yep, and that was maybe my favorite thing about I was SmackDown. Just about to say, and I don't know what it is about those two guys. I think it's like, <laughs> you know, uh, you were joking earlier about is Shane gonna put a band together or whatever? <laughs> yeah, uh, like no, but the the idea of like a rich party boy who wants to pal around with a musician. Yes. That's a very real thing. It's a natural story for yeah. sure, man. It, it's I, I would like to see Shane maybe elevate a couple of the heels on the show against Roman. You know, Elias maybe, but doesn't especially need it. Like some lower end guys. Why not? Just if you're going to have Roman beat up some people, I'm all in. Yeah. So, like, we're probably going to get that as a singles match. Shane versus Roman. Maybe even at the Tacoma Dome. Tacoma Dome. Backlash. Will June you, 2019. Yeah, rumored to be in Tacoma. Will you be going? If uh, uh, I've never been to a WWE pay-per-view. And, and so? I've never had one this close to me and? as I've been a fan again. We gotta go. We gotta go. I mean, even if we just drive down and back. I mean, there's there's ways we'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta love it. Uh, Jim, I want to jump over to the Red Brand for a minute if I can. Because, sure. Uh, we do have more things to talk about on SmackDown. Oh, let's finish it out then. What am I missing? Kevin Owens heel turn. We oh, touched on it a little bit earlier. The new New Day is no longer. Yeah, and I gotta say, man, I am disappointed. Yep. I tweeted it from the Top Marks account yesterday. Like, it feels like we got rushed into this because the natural extension of the Daniel Bryan program cannot happen as mm -hmm. he is... Maybe deeply injured? Yeah. The I was having this conversation with Mike yesterday, and it's like the longer... It goes without anyone knowing anything. The, the more you're just inclined to assume the worst, because yeah. th this is exactly what happened before he retired. You know? Oh my gosh, that's right. Oh, like he so just depressing. got injured again, and he was out, and then he vanished for a long time. No one would say anything, and then he came back and announced his retirement. Oh, man, alive! It, it, I mean, again, if 
obviously his health is number one and mm-hmm. what we care about most. And if he is fully retiring now, which I'm not saying he is or isn't, but gosh, what a way to go out. I mean, what, what that, a year. That heel run is the, his definitive stuff. For me, it is. I, I well, Definitive, maybe the still. Character the character work is still so incredible. I think it's his best work, for yeah. sure. When I think of like the Daniel Bryan moment, it's always going to be the two belts. But, but, Fair. You're, yeah, but his totally best correct. run to me is this, I think maybe my favorite feud of his is this Kofi feud. And the promos were just lights out Fire. constantly. Like we said, the show is missing something with that gone. Yep. And and we talked about it before Mania. There's still depths to that story in terms of like the the environmentalist Daniel Bryan against the commercialism of the, you know, merch hawking New Day yep. that they never found time never to work into it. the Mania feud because that was all built around Vince basically. Yep. So there was more legs to that feud. But if Bryan's just not here, then we got to do something else. And yep. unfortunately, that means pulling the trigger on turning Owens heel. And it's exactly for the reasons that we touched on earlier, too. SmackDown just did not have a huge array of heels to choose from. You kind of needed to make one, unfortunately. And it sucks because Kevin Owens as a babyface was working. It was working well enough that it deserved a legitimate shot. Yeah, well... I, it, it, I feel like it never really got going. Yeah. Like, I never feel like they got into second gear with the Kevin he, Owens he did. He never turn. even got a single program as a baby yeah. face. He got the show, and then he was part of the New Day, and then he turned. Yeah. That's it. But it was working. Like Oh, who's who's been more vocal about wanting a Kevin Owens babyface run? <laughs> like, everyone showed a clear inclination to wanting to love this man. Yeah. Because we all do love this man. And they still pulled the trigger on the turn regardless. Breaks my heart, man. Now, listen, this is all to say. Kevin Owens, of course, will be a great heel at the top of SmackDown. It's just that I I want him to be serious up. And even as a heel, Kevin Owens is not... I just said I need Shane McMahon cheating all this against yeah, uh, yeah. Roman Reigns. I don't need that out of Kevin Owens. Don't, don't Kevin Owens to me. is the tough dude at the bar. That's what he's yeah. always been to me. Sitting there, he's Ma- sleeveless, scowling, beating people up. Make him the Samoa Joe of SmackDown. That's, that's exactly correct. Jim, may I float a hypothesis? Sure. And listen, you, you can push back on this, but I'm, as I'm putting it together, this just occurred to me on the show. Is Eric Rowan a curse? You get injured if you're if you're because he's never the guy who's injured. He was for a little bit. Was he? Yeah, he was the injured one initially when Bludgeon Brothers went away. Okay, and then Harper and then it was also Harper. got injured. Harper paired with Brian Bray. I'm starting to think is Eric Rowan hurting people thinking that it's just going to get him a push? <sighs> Big booty back kick. Yeah, maybe. Just floating it out there. He calls it the rear view. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Jamo, what about what about the red brand? What about well, AJ? I mean, we gotta talk more about Kevin Owens for a second. What do you I have think. to say? What do you got because to say? Lay it out there. That you could see the reason to do it immediately. Of course. That little punch him up brawl that he had with Kofi at the end of the show yep. was more engrossing than any single moment in the match that Kofi had with Shinsuke Nakamura before. That's beforehand. for sure true. For sure like, true. Like just them exchanging punches and kicks that went into the corner. Not a single move. Nope. No moves. Not one. Just brawling. It was way yeah. more engaging than anything that happened in the entire match that preceded it. And listen, Kofi is such a great babyface right mm-hmm. now that like if you had to turn Owens and I'm not dying for it, he'll Kofi can get a great heel out of Kevin Owens. Not that he can't do it on his own, but every great heel does need a good baby face to get cheered or else you're just a cool heel and you're going to get cheered. And Kevin Owens has fallen into that trap many times. So at least he'll actually get booed. At least he'll actually be heel. At least it continues this Kofi run. But someone, and please give me the Kevin Owens at the top of the card baby face run. And you've also got a built-in storyline here that, like, you stole my WrestleMania. It was supposed to be yeah. KO-mania, not right. Kofi-mania. Yeah. 
Yeah. It can. Th- this can work, and just and the, it probably will. Yeah, and just the fact that Owens is being positioned as the number one heel. Sure. On SmackDown, like that's big, and I don't necessarily want to see Owens and Roman again, but I also think that there's enough. Like the reason that Lars Sullivan is on SmackDown is Roman Reigns. Yeah, oh, for sure. I'd actually weirdly be down for KO Roman again. Yeah, like another three months of it. No, not three months. But I'm not down for three months of any feud though, except for the fair. absolute high end. That's fair. But I, I don't know. I thought like those guys were were okay at the time. I think three month feuds made more sense when it was like pre. Uh, when they weren't combining the brands on all pay-per-views again. Well, it's tough because everything just becomes a rubber match, and it's yeah. like it's it's not that it, the whole thing becomes a two out of three falls match. It's like okay, he gets the one, he gets the other. Yeah, and now exactly. the feud starts. It's a exactly. little bit tricky. Uh, JMO, I've been teasing jumping you, over you the red. Keep one to hop over to. But Raw. I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. What? We got to talk about one man who is not under the WWE system. Who's that? We've got to talk about the greatest wrestler of all time. We need to talk about the return of CM Punk. Yes, we do. Let's break up some of this WWE news because it came out this week. CM Punk has been under a mask for the last five years, popping up, and I think Colton Cabana said five to six different indie dates. Under a mask, hits since the GTS. Since 2015. Since 2015. So I guess one a year-ish. Yeah. This is incredible to me. Uh, yeah, apparently there was a plan at this most recent one to unmask him in the ring and reveal that it was him, too. I but mean. But they didn't do it, obviously. Which, I mean. Like, oh, fuck. To, um, that wasn't even the main event of that show is the craziest thing. Was it not? Yeah. Well, maybe that's why he didn't unmask, because good luck following the return of CM Punk, True. and you're a local True. guy. True, but you, like, you watched <laughs> the video, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They moved on to another match afterwards, and everyone in the crowd was just kind of like, what happened that, there? Who was the guy wearing <laughs> the exact same clothes as CM Punk earlier today, and I saw the photograph pilot gentleman hoodie in the mask? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what would how, what would be your reaction? You're in. How many people do you think are there? It's maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty, something like the the smaller shows out here. Yeah, I would say probably two hundred, maybe. Let's presume Justin Madman Morissette is sitting in that in that bingo hall, and the mask comes off, and it's CM Punk. What are you doing? I I would run through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> there would be there would be a, a madman shaped hole in a brick wall. The Kool-Aid man is jealous yeah, of what you would have I'm done. So I'm like, I'm going Super Saiyan. <laughs> and I don't even, like, it's well documented on this show. I think Punk is a prick. I don't even really like him anymore. Oh, I, I can. But you know what? If he came back to wrestling, I would love him again immediately. Uh, and, and no offense to you or anyone who says that. You all would. The yeah. idea that if Punk showed up in AEW that people would be like, I don't like the lawsuit with Colt Cabana is so bonkers. Well, because here's the, here's the problem for me is that it's not just that he's turned his back on Colt and apparently Colt said they've patched things up and they're buddies again and now it's all well and good yeah. or whatever. But like it's to, it's indicative of how far he's gone to turn his back on wrestling entirely. Yeah, for sure. That like – there's no friendships he has left other than his wife. Right. Like, he's burned every wrestling bridge. That's how the far his disdain goes. That's true. But you're right. Your point stands. Like, like, that's, to me, that's the main problem there. It's not like I'm offended on Colt Cabana's behalf or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, you are so blinded by your rational dislike of the industry that made you yep. that you're going to throw out everything that you ever earned from that. I... I who could push back on any of that? All of that undeniably true. And to me, that's like if he wants to do that, it's even hard to feel mad about that because that's your choice, I guess. But like, 
it just feels wasteful that you're just like so stuck in being hateful towards one man yeah. that you're willing to condemn an entire industry. Let me say this, though. I agree with all of that, and especially that it is attacking wrestling at its core and a guy, you know, like you say, it made him. Hey, w- 100 episodes of Top Marks. I got to plant my flag and be the <laughs> defender of pro wrestling on this one and be like, Punk, you respect it. Well, allow me to play heel and plant the flag on pro CM Punk as I say, if you were to look at most of these wrestlers' lives and follow them and their views and how they acted and how they treated people – I bet you if you had a micro-documentary about each of these guys, CM Punk would end up in your top 25 favorite people. That's probably true. I bet that that would be the fucking case. we have so many shared interests. It is. He loves hockey. Loves comics. He loves Marvel comics. He writes fucking Marvel (laughs) comics. And and, and spoiler alert for those of you who remember, everyone you like in WWE right now would not fucking be there without CM Punk. Yeah, but but like the, the point that I've always made is that like, if he's turned his back on Colt Cabana, mm. imagine how he feels about you. Well, he, listen, I've said long, long time that CM Punk would hate me, but yeah. that's because I love drinking and smoking and having fun. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was so funny because he met our buddy John Collin, yeah. also straight edge, yeah. and I'm like, that's about right. And they loved each <laughs> yeah. other. It's like two sort of prickly straight edge dudes. Right? <laughs> Makes sense to me, man. Imagine him running into me. He'd be like, this guy is a mark. This guy is a slovenly dude. But now if you ran into Trent Seven. Oh, well, he'd be like. <laughs> you'd be like the. <laughs> the uh, Spider-Man meme. Yeah. <laughs> Pointing at one another. I was going to say the 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 sketch that um, Mick Jagger did on SNL. I don't know if I saw it. It's a, it's a fake mirror. Okay. I think he's talking to himself and the young Mick Jagger in the mirror is, I think, played by Jimmy Fallon. Okay. But regardless, it's like it's it's one of the more famous sketches I think I of that era it. of SNL. Gotcha. But yeah, that's like you guys would just be moving your arms <laughs> at the same time. Trent Seven can yeah. get it, folks. I wish you could see us waving at each other in synchronicity. It's true, it's, good friends yes, magic going on. This is wow. We even just did an up and down there, folks. We were just doing left and right. We switched at the same second. Unbelievable chemistry. This is why you've tuned in for 100 episodes. But, uh, yeah, if you ran into Trent Seven, that's what it would be. Let's let our minds wander a little bit here, Jamo. Sure. If CM Punk were to return, yeah. where do you want to see him? And what's the match? What's the feud? Kenny. Oh, my Lord Almighty. A, wow. Because, look. Wow. We, <laughs> the, the joke answer is WWE SmackDown, Shane McMahon. Best in the world trophy on the wow, line. Wow, I'm actually kind of into And actually, that would be super cool. <laughs> that would be. I had something else in mind, but as you kept going in the best of the world trophy, I was like, oh, fuck, maybe that is it. But no, the real answer is to, to fight for the real title of best in the world and not just a fucking trophy that yeah. a Saudi royal <laughs> invented. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the equivalent to like a world's greatest grandson mug. It's like, it's like well... Yeah, okay, you did get the cut made. I guess yeah. that's worth something. Like yeah. that's you know, but it, it certainly isn't indicative of anything. Yeah, uh, it's no. still him and Ryback back in AEW. By the way, that's folks. a good. That's yeah. still. That's still. But that's a that's a one off. That's one match for sure. I, I want the feud of Kenny. Like yes. a ma- Like think about how good Jericho Omega was. Like <sighs> the, just even from the way it was built, the promos and press conferences and all that, it was lights out. It was like some of the best branding work and like oh. the way that they sold that match Alpha Omega should be studied yes totally agree <laughs> even just the it reminds me a bit you have the the plaque up on your wall of course like the best in the beast yeah that, I love those little naming conventions for matches I don't know if there's a word for that but I do find like at Omega or Alpha Omega like these these things 
I don't know. They tell part Even of the story. like once in a lifetime and yep. twice in a lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah. Like those, you know, ring in your mind. Yeah. We'll, we'll never get thrice in a lifetime, unfortunately. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah. But yeah, who uh, wants it? <laughs> not anybody. <laughs> now. But, no, but yeah, it's AEW, right? Like yeah. that's – if you want Punk to come back, it's because you respect him as a worker and you want him to have great matches. And there's more people to have great matches with in AEW than there is in WWE and probably even yep. in New Japan for him at this point. New Japan's the only place – and listen, he's not a waste in New mm. Japan. But it's like they're not going to let him promo like they are in exactly. other uh, – It's like you've got – if you have CM Punk and he's not on the mic, it's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. The only reason WWE is such a good fit is there's so many hacky dudes who I don't like, and I know CM Punk could get me invested in because he did it for three years. Yeah, and I also think like in like WWE has a huge problem with creating and investing in new stars. Yep. And if Punk were to come back and start like a new like straight edge society, if he built a new yep. stable or Nexus, anything yeah. like that, like if you give him like three or four young guys to run with him. Stars. Every single one of those guys will be a mega star within six months. That's a great point and absolutely correct. Should we now jump over to the red bland? <laughs> yeah, and the red bland is right. I did that on purpose. Yeah, okay. That's just broadcasting, <laughs> yeah, baby. That's, that's the, the man, he knows what he's doing. At episode 10, I couldn't yeah. pull shit like that yeah. off. Episode 1, you'd be, you'd, you'd be hearing, um, uh, <laughs> I'm Josh Custodio. <laughs> Welcome to uh, NPR's <laughs> I'd like to ask you about the, uh, the red brand. Yeah, did you uh, happen to see over on... Uh, New Japan programming that uh, <laughs> Kenneth Omega battled Kazuchika Okada. Ah. Pause. <laughs> that is what it was like for those of you who want to go back into the archives and hear how far mm-hmm. we've come. My mm-hmm. oh my. It was the wrestling version of like sweaty balls. That's <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it was. JMO, they are shotgunning us. That is an SNL sketch that you that, are This is what with? I do now. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, Just we're back. We're hot. This is. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> SNL historian at this point. Do you know? Do you know uh, William Farrell, Bill Farrell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that guy's guy. from from Saturday Night Live yeah. as well. Uh, AJ and Seth Rollins, we're getting right to it. And I gotta give kudos to to the janitor himself. Well, cleaning up on his predictions lately. Folks, I've been if hot you're paying lately. Attention. I've been I've been hot lately. There's no I, doubt about I it. I was shocked. I said on this very show last week, and it's funny because the last two shows have come out on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. I think most people have listened to them on Tuesday <laughs> after seeing Raw, and it's just wrong. Everything we've said <laughs> has been wrong. Andrade gets flipped back to Raw. Well, were we get, wrong, or were we saying here's what they need to correct, and they listen? That's true. We did make fun of the Viking experience for upwards of 15 to 20 minutes last week. And since then, their names have changed twice. (laughs) Two more times. From the Viking Raiders to the Viking Warriors? Yes. Okay, so for those of you keeping track. That's five name changes. War Machine becomes War Raiders. Becomes. Viking Experience. Yep, becomes. The Viking Raiders. Becomes. Viking Warriors. Correct. Wow, that was tricky. But they have the again. Oh, for so a little while, it was just war. So now they're the Viking Warriors. Yes. I it, This is unprecedented, right? Mm-hmm. There's never been something like this, has well, there? Well, next week, there'll be Raider Experience. <laughs> <laughs> the only... Listen, all of these names are roughly equivalent to me, except for the fucking one. I yeah. mean... Listen, we really do need to do some more time on the name the Viking experience. <laughs> so That's what bad. Show. It is so bad. It's just jarring, man. And although a little credit to WWE, mm. they were just like, "All right." I mean, it ate up the wrestling news cycle. It, it did. really fucking did. For Days a full week. later, full week insanity. Full man. week. 
Uh, AJ and Seth. But, you know, the Viking experience, yeah. you know what it sounds like. And I know we did a you know what it sounds like bit last <laughs> week where we ran through like five different jokes. But I got a new one. Six. You know, you know like uh, <laughs> that like Ned Flanders metal band? Yes, of course. Um, I forget what they're called right now. But. Yeah, yeah. But like it just sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> like the a diddly metal, diddly. a metal band that's just like their their thing is that they wear Viking garb on stage. <laughs> that's exactly that's the what Viking it experience. is. I'm gonna go see the Viking experience at the Cobalt. Oh. come. Well, now that you you know, I'll see anything at the Cobalt. It's so closed. Uh, yeah, it's shut down for for months. But if the Viking experience were to play here, that's where they play. They might reopen the Cobalt yeah. for it. Mamma mia! I, I mean, hard to not get excited for AJ versus Seth. This has been something it's the of dream a match. yeah dream pairing, been separated. And again, I, I like that they're hot shotting to it. It, it. You never know in this industry. I know I said this last week, but injuries are so common. Who knows where these guys are in three months? If they're together, they're both healthy. Let's do it. Uh, is AJ? Does he have? A, I kind of got the sense that he has a chance to win this match and the Seth reign. I don't think it's the right call, but I got the sense. I don't think so. Okay, I, I think. I think you're right to think he could. Sure. Because they want him to feel like a top star yeah. even if he loses. Think of how long he anchored SmackDown for, yeah. even without the belt. You know what's weird, though? Like, they did that big lineup in the opening segment, yeah. which was cool. Like this, I like that. That, that was like... <laughs> the one time, you know, Mike said this when he was talking about like, oh, I wonder if the number will be up this week. And because he his interest is at an all time high. Mike was very positive about everything this week, which this. if you've been paying attention over the last 100 episodes and know who. Uh, yeah, is, there's a bunch of people who have no clue. Yeah, he's a peripheral character <laughs> within the world of Top Mark. He's like the roommate. fourth Mike. Yeah. <laughs> My roommate, our friend uh, who jumps in from off stage all the time uh, or off mic, I should say. Off. Mike with Mike. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, to, to you know, chime in with whatever. No, he he's always very negative. He's positive right now. Okay. Because he's thinking, like, this is the time. You know, we've talked about over the last couple of weeks how TV sucked two weeks in a row. Yep. Raw and SmackDown after Mania. I wouldn't go so far as to say sucked. But, but they But they weren't at the level that they have been in the past. And Rudderless. we all ascribe that to, oh, the changes are coming next week. That's when all the big surprises will be. And what then, I actually think it was is that they did that class of call-ups already. They yep. did it two months ago. The War Machine, so EC3. No, yeah, so none of them were surprises, right? Or I mean Heavy Machine. Right? Yeah. Sorry. None of those were surprises because they've all been here for a while. And even on top of that, like Alistair and Ricochet. If those guys debuted on the Raw after Mania, Holy cow. it would have been huge, but they had a match on WrestleMania, and we don't even remember that that happened. I, I'm imagining that Aleister Black entrance as a solo at the Raw after Mania, mm. and I feel like he would feel different right now, Abs or is that the case? Absolutely. I just still can't understand bringing these guys up as a tag team. But that was a letdown, and then the shakeup was a letdown, which led me to believe, like, well, the TV is just a mess. What am I watching right now? Sure. I got no reason to feel invested. Mike was like, no, this is the time. The moves have been made. So what you're going to see this week is like the setting of a new order. It's mm -hmm. going to introduce you to what things could look like over the next eight to ten months. And that is a time to be excited because everything should feel fresh. And I will say to his credit, that was certainly true of the opening segment of Raw where you literally just brought out one guy <laughs> after another to be like, yes. these are our new main characters. I, that is, it reminded me of uh, Old Fighting Federation in Japan, Pride FC. Whenever they'd have their tournaments, at the start of the night, before anyone had fought, they would just bring out all the entrants onto the stage and give them like an entrance and their name on the Titantron. It's like, here's who you will see tonight, and now we're going to go forth and do it. I love that as a piece of presentation. You think of like a new person tuning in. It's like, okay, so like main characters is a great way of saying it. Like, here's, here's our spotlight. This, I really like 
like that. I'm but I call attention to it. Oh, I will say though, AJ in that ring with those guys, he feels small. He feels extremely small. He feels small next to Seth Rollins. Dude, the shield is... People sleep on how big the shield is in general. Like, Dean is a bigger dude Mm -hmm. than you think. Maybe not Roman, but certainly Dean and Seth are bigger dudes than you think they are. Like, yeah, I just couldn't... Like, and he never felt that way to me on on Raw... Or SmackDown, rather... Until the Orton feud. Like, that was the two pairings of guys where it's like, oh, actually, AJ is much tinier than I think. Yeah. But he felt that way with, like, pretty much every guy who was in the ring, save for, for maybe sure. Joe, who we've seen paired off before. Yeah, but... And Joe's just short. He's that's the stocky, thing. but he's not going to tower over you. Uh, Joe has, like, a, a Taz thing, for lack of a better uh, analogy, where it's like... The toughness comes through regardless of the size. So he never mm-hmm. thinks of a small – like when you think small Joe, you don't think small guy. He's How like tall a, is Samoa Joe? He's like a rhinoceros. He, that's exactly right. Or rhino in this case yeah. also shares that. <laughs> How tall do you think Samoa Joe is in real life, not Bill? He might be 5'9", yeah, maybe. I bet you I'm taller than Samoa yeah, Joe. I definitely think You I definitely am. are, yeah. yeah. So something to think about. Is there anything else on uh, Raw, J-Mo, before I get into a little NWA? Yeah. What else? We've got to talk about Bray Wyatt. Buddy. Oh, my God. The Firefly Funhouse. And I've heard a lot of people be very down on this. Go home. Yeah. Go home. Thank you. You know what? You know why we're friends? Tell me why. Well, we've done 100 episodes of this. <laughs> yeah, it would be impossible for us not to be friends. <laughs> that's absolutely true. <laughs> or, well, I guess it would be possible for us to start as friends and then slowly come to hate each other over the course of doing this That show. would never happen to any podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Do not. No. That's impossible. Maybe in a three-person podcast, but <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never, never a two person. Um, <laughs> we're we're like, it's not just you. It's all of our friends. I haven't seen a single bit of negativity from our entire friend group about this gimmick. Our our dear friend Matt Prince, who's yeah. not he watches wrestling tangentially, but more through YouTube and being friends with us. Mm-hmm. He could not be more. He he must have brought it up three times to me this week. The Firefly Funhouse. He's like. This is so interesting. Yeah, it's fun. So, so for those of you who may not have seen, Bray Wyatt has then been... Then they repeated it on SmackDown, too, so that oh. got me thinking that he might not be on Raw. They could just put him wherever they need him, what? which is fine. Oh, if, especially for segments like that? Mm-hmm. Everyone, whoever's on that, is going to get more over just from touching the Funhouse right now. It's the most interesting thing on either program, because what are we always saying, J-Mo? Switch up the locale. Get me out of the arena. Yeah. Give, give me something different to look at. And what we talked about last week, the number one thing that holds a character like Bray Wyatt back is not supernatural elements to his character or the writing. It's the presentation. It's that it never feels how it's supposed to feel. Correct. And we talked about horror being something that should be easily replicated because it's the cheapest genre to produce. That is true as far as films go. On television, however, we were incorrect because there is something even cheaper to reproduce on TV that we never even considered. Which is? Children's television. (laughs) Children's TV is notoriously the cheapest thing. Yep. It's literally like we'll paint a wall and put you in front of it and maybe you'll have some kids in the audience who will like yell things. Yeah, and a puppet. Yeah, and that's it. That's all. Just for those of you who may not have seen Bray Wyatt, of course, notorious cult leader. Like, we were talking about this at WrestleMania. We were talking about PJ Katie's farm. Yes, PJ. We wow. had a no long one conversation about PJ Katie's farm, which if you're in Canada, you will remember as like an institution on YTV. Yep. It was literally that they took one of their on-air personalities, gave her a cardboard box that she painted into a farm, and a bunch of Play-Doh that she <laughs> shaped as animals, and then she moved the characters with her hands did every and did voice. the voice of, like, 25 <laughs> different animals. 
If the show cost $10 to make, it would blow my mind. <laughs> the operating budget of an entire season of PJ Katie's farm <laughs> beyond the salary being paid to PJ Katie was, yeah, like $12.15. If you told me that given inflation, a bowl of ramen right now was more expensive than <laughs> PJ Katie's farm from beginning to end, I believe you. I, I absolutely believe you. Absolutely. And Firefly Funhouse has this vibe. Bray Wyatt now hosts a creepy version of like a, a Mr. Rogers. And look, or... even if you didn't know all of the weird shit about Paul Rubin being oh. a, a pervert or no. whatever, Pee-wee's Playhouse might still creep you out of as course. a kid. It's so weird. Uh, so Bray Wyatt, not a long segment, maybe two minutes, minute and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. But now he's he's a little unhinged. He, he, you know, he threw out, he's still Bray Wyatt. He sort of referenced that there's these things. But now he... He used like one of his gloves as like, it was like a cell phone, like a demon yep. was talking to him yeah. through his hand or whatever. The only, and this was not my thought, I think it was our friend Brandon O'Connor who pointed this out, that it would have been so great if they would have uh, somehow alluded to the lake of reincarnation on the television. Now, Bray did tweet something out about it uh, that's afterwards. that's how he came out of the lake? Yeah, but if it was if it was uh, closer proximity, or because I had forgotten about it when mm. I saw the f- fun house. I didn't put the two together. Well, that, that's not the last thing we saw from him. No, it isn't. But I, I That was the end of their feud. That's what made them a team. Yes. He didn't change when he came out of the lake at all. No, but I would have loved if there would have been an allusion to the lake of reincarnation, the teaming with Matt Hardy, being on the compound, spending time with him had led to this full-on mental break. I don't know if this is what babyface Bray Wyatt looks like. It's not clear to me. I, I didn't really get that sense. I it think could he still be a heel. He could still be, right? But Yeah, like he feels, like you said, unhinged. There's something dangerous about this character still, for sure. When you want to, I want to see everyone on the fucking roster on Funhouse and like seeing what they look like in this different universe. And when he finally snaps on the show and starts beating the hell out of people, maybe this is too far. I wouldn't mind seeing the puppets start to like peck away at these guys mm-hmm. too. Like mm-hmm. I- I'm just interested in seeing this for everyone. We had a question maybe two weeks ago about like, how do you make supernatural characters work within WWE? You put Aleister Black on the fucking Funhouse. Do you see these two go at it? Tremendous content. A plus WWE. I'm all in. Yeah, I really, I really like this a lot. I love that we're all very positive about it. Like I was expecting at least one person that we know to be like, this sucks. I hate it. Yeah. But I like I think like we were talking about Kevin Owens lately, everybody wants to cheer that guy. Yep. There's a ton of goodwill in the audience for Bray Wyatt. Absolutely there true. always has been. Uh, I think everyone ap- appreciated, like, as much as you might come to hate what his promos became, he was, they only got to that point because he had to talk himself in circles for three years. Yeah. yeah. Like, true. You got to admire his mic skills, and I think most people do. And there's, uh, like, when they gave us a, a face turn with him teaming with Roman, I bring this up all the time. You love it. It's, it's, it was kick ass, though. Yeah. And he did the finger gun spear thing, and then he got injured the next day, and they, they gave us one night. And you saw of it. Babyface Bray Wyatt, and it was so. Over and and listen, not not to forget, it helped Roman that night too. Like people were into the pairing. This mm-hmm. is in the throes of Roman being a disliked man, pre-cancer Ab- Roman. Absolutely. So yeah, I think there's uh, if this is gonna be a babyface thing, that can work. I just yeah, it's. I saw a lot of people, and maybe even you shared this concern. It's like, it's not what happens tonight, because I like this tonight. Yeah. It's what this looks like three months from Correct. now. Correct. And even I would push back on that and say like. Who cares, man? At least it's interesting, right? Yeah. If it fizzles out and he has to change gears again, how many times did the Undertaker change gimmick while still while still staying the Undertaker? Yep. 
Like, if we just get different versions of Bray Wyatt that are all on this creepy spectrum but are approaching it from different kind of genre angles, yep. that's how you reinvent a character and stay fresh over the course of a career. That's entirely normal. I totally agree. So if this Funhouse thing only lasts a year and a year from now it doesn't work... Who cares? I don't care. It might my, my only concern would be it'd be like a fashion files run where it's really good and we never get any sort of resolution. It that's, doesn't lead to yeah, anything. That's true. But but that's the only bad case scenario I can think of. And even if it sucks, again, it's just everyone on the roster can benefit from being in this such a different uh, environment. But even fashion files, man, I feel like there was a plan for that when those right. guys hopped over to Raw and then Dango got injured immediately. That's yeah, man. So like that's not like don't get injured, Brian. Yeah, that's the secret. That's the thing. Like, Final thing. And that's why you're right to just do Seth and AJ right now. Why not? Final thing on this? Bray Wyatt looking jacked as hell in that sweater. Very much so, yeah. We talked about this on his Instagram recently. He's yep. looking – his arms have, like, doubled in <laughs> thickness, and it's all muscle. I'm all here for Swall Wyatt. Like, I get the feeling that he could knock out Braun Strowman. Oh, if you're telling me Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt are fighting, give me put all my money on Bray Wyatt that's as long I, as it takes place in the fucking funhouse. That's what I like to hear. Who's buddy. touching him that's there? That's what I like to hear. Jimbo, before we jump into listener questions, I just want to uh, throw this out there. Uh, the NWA, which has, of course, been been revived, and you were at All In, and you saw the, the great moment, utterly fizzled since then, yes? Big time. They have a card uh, this Saturday night, the Croquette Cup, the or Croquette Cup, uh, being revised or revived. I'm actually kind of into this card. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll go out of my way to, to watch it night of because there's a UFC that night. But uh, just let me read this out to you. I think you, you might be a little bit interested in this. So Nick Aldis versus Marty Skrull for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. Mileage is going to vary on that one. I don't think Nick Aldis. Does anyone get out of bed for Nick Aldis? Uh, only against Cody. Yeah, and that's the story. That's yeah. Cody for his old man's belt. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think Aldis could almost have been anyone there. Yeah. D- here's something, though. Do you worry that, uh, do you worry that um, we might hit a, a point where Cody is just so reliant right now on family stories. Wow. That like, like all in was built around yeah, well, challenging totally. for his dad's belt. Well, even beyond that, starting so, a territory like the old yeah, man. Double or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Double or nothing is him, like and Dustin. him and Dustin. Are they just going to run out of family angles? And are you going to run out of reasons to care about Cody when they do? Dude, that is a very interesting take. Uh, I mean, I'm never the most into Cody Rhodes guy that there is to begin with, but I... So there's two ways, right? You might run out of gas on that stuff, but maybe it'll lead to something more interesting, right? Because he's not a bad character at all. It's an interesting point. That's definitely something to watch for. Willie Mack, who, of course, you know I'm a fan of, Mm -hmm. taking on Colt Cabana for the NWA National Championship. That's interesting. And then the the actual tournament. A ton of tag teams in here. Villain Enterprises taking on Satoshi Kojima and Yuji Nagata. You might see Yuji Nagata taking on Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express as the Briscoes are taking on the Rock and Roll Expe- Express. Flip Gordon and Bandito are taking on Guerrero, Maya Jr. and Stuka Jr., who I am not aware of. There's just some things on this card that it's... Listen, it's better than any ROH card that I've seen recently. I'm more interested to see how it plays out. So just want to give a little shout-out to that on the show this Saturday night if you're looking for some wrestling. Hell yeah. And I, I uh, want to say one more thing about Goldust. Please. Dustin, oh, of course. We Dustin have to talk Rhodes. about Goldust leaving. Uh, yeah. Um, people were saying, like, oh, that tweet that he sent out that was like, I'm not leaving WWE. I'm sick of you smart marks. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, well, that aged poorly aged or whatever. Bad. Like, no, that aged wonderfully. Yeah, he I protected agree a secret to give us a genuine yeah. surprise. How often are you surprised by anything that happens in wrestling lately? Sometimes we just agree so much. This was my exact reaction when people were like, 
well, what is calling all these people smart? It's like, folks, what do you think this business is? Yeah. It's lying to people so that you can surprise them. That's yeah. literally what working someone is. And I believed him when he was like, of course. this is all rumors. I don't like people speculating about my job and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, which is fair, to yeah. be honest. I believed him, and I got worked, and I'm not mad about it. I love it. Cody versus Dustin, does it do a lot for you? Yes. And it's it's funny, like, reading his goodbye letter to WWE. Yeah. Uh, and the little clip. Yeah, which is great. It's so weird that, like, I feel like I have so much goodwill towards both Dusty and Cody, mm-hmm. even though Dusty's, like, way before my time. Of course. Uh, and but if you love NXT, you have that exactly. tie. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it's because I feel like I know who they are, and I mm. think that they're honorable men. Right. I Like, I have a sense of who they are as people, and I think that they're good people. That's worth a lot, man. I don't have that for Dustin. Like, <laughs> Why is Because nobody knows who he is, right? Like, Cody is working this very earnest gimmick yeah. right now where he's – like, we are all cheering for him to succeed in his father's footsteps. Dusty was, like, literally the embodiment of working class issues and being the common man that everyone wanted to tune in mm-hmm. and see as, like, the their own self-insert character in what they were watching week to week. It's true. Like, Dustin never got that. He had to play a weirdo forever. Well, that was intentional. He's talked about this, that it's like, I just didn't want to be my dad or be in his shadow, mm-hmm. so I went in the opposite direction. But as a result, like, he's been around forever, and I feel like I know nothing about him other than, like, was married to Terry for a little while, yeah. jumped back and forth between companies. I know nothing about him as a personality. I don't really get this match, if I'm being honest, man. Really? I don't really get it. I, if I'm Cody, I'm booking myself against better workers. Like, he's not been getting it done lately, but and I don't think him and Dustin are going to get it done. But this is the match that we all wanted, like, four or five years ago in WWE. Why do people keep talking like it didn't happen? It happened on a pre-show, <laughs> yeah. and it was given l- literally a dusty finish for a rematch uh, they set up and never did. I True, I, if I'm on double or nothing, Cody versus Dustin is not... Fair. Not getting it done Fair. for me, but, but that's just me. I also felt like one of the big moments of All In was the emotion of him winning that title, even yes. though it felt preordained from the moment the match was announced. I knew he was going to win it. Seeing him win it was like a very deeply emotionally resonant moment for me. I'm not sure how, how that came across in the broadcast, but certainly being there well, in person. Well, no, it definitely did, yeah. And I think there's a way that you do this match where it is just as emotional and, like, has as many emotional beats and deeply felt moments as, like, like what, when what, they, what would I care about Nick Aldis? Like, you were zero, just saying, yeah. exactly. So you mean when they inevitably guaranteed hug after their match? Well, <laughs> you're all there for the, it. The, I'm sure that this will be built well. And I, I hope I mean, so. oh, I certainly hope so. It's like a month away. Is it really? Isn't it? May 20 Oh, yeah. Something? Holy shit this year, man. All right, Jamo, let's get into the uh, And our first question this week comes to us from the pocket full of eggs, Scoots Brodo. He literally filled his pocket full with eggs. 12 eggs. And if you want to see that and other great content, not involving videos of Scoots Brodo putting in his eggs, you can head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. Throw $5 in the hat and join our ever-growing, ever-wonderful, incredibly active Patreon wrestling group. Uh, DM me, J0SHC, on Twitter to join. He posted a video of himself filling his cargo pants with eggs. Yeah, to explain why cargo shorts I believe yes. are good. He filled it up with twelve eggs. So uh, here's that's his an question: entire carton, folks. That's, folks, that's, I mean, you try putting twelve eggs yeah. in your pocket. Can't do can't, it. Can't do it can't if you be- don't have cargo pockets. Certainly not. Yeah. With the new Hobbs and Shaw's trailer being released, 
which was great. Which featured gratuitous... I still don't know about that movie, man. There's something about it. I hope you're wrong. I don't know. With the new Hobbs and Shaw trailer being released, which featured gratuitous footage of the big dog Roman Reigns doing his signature, which wrestler delivering their catchphrase would make for the best cameo in a big movie? A lot of ways you can go here. A lot of ways you can go here. Now, uh, for those who have not seen the most recent Fast and Furious, The Rock does hit a rock bottom in it. I think he does in either Walking Tall or The Rundown. Probably is both. It, is I it know both? he definitely does one in The Rundown. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think like that was his thing for a while, was just doing his moves Which, on screen. Who complains about that? But yeah. this specifically calls out catchphrase. So I feel, I feel like it has to be somebody with a good Yeah, because it is Roman going, ooh, ah. That's... Uh, if one came to mind the second I read this question, I don't know if you want me to take the lead on this, but I yeah, have one very it, chiseled in my mind. Chris Jericho pulling out the list in a movie. There's a zillion ways you could go about it, and adding someone to the list, making it a huge deal, I think I would absolutely go bonkers for. Uh, like, you know what happens? Clicks the pen. I mean, I think I think you could build many put, great put movies. Put that in MacGruber too. That's <laughs> you exactly understand. Anybody uh, come to mind for you, Madman? A Jer- catchphrase. Jericho is good is a good choice, but that's not the catchphrase I would go Which with. Which would you go with? I mean, he I has a zillion. With, I'm the best in the world at what I do. Do you understand? But that feels like a bad. Like if it's gonna just give me a cameo, that's that's like a very big villain line. Yeah, that I think would get over in an action movie. But I don't know about just bringing a guy in to say that 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 would work necessarily. I'll I'll throw out some uh, some popular catchphrases here, and you tell me how you think they do in a movie. Okay. 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 Austin three sixteen says, "I just whipped your ass." Um, and this is like off. Steve Austin is like playing himself yeah. within the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You pop for it, right? Yeah, it seems pretty good. How about how about something a little more innocuous? You know, maybe there's something big happens, and uh, these two lead characters are in huge conflict. They're going their own separate ways, and as one's exiting, Mick Foley's just sitting on a chair. And he goes, "Have a nice day." Ah, uh, that's good. That's good. But you know what? The best one I feel like would be Go just ahead. just for a cam- an, a very brief cameo within an action movie. Yep. It's the Universal Champion himself, Mr. Seth Rollins. Oh, Burn it sure. down. Burn it down. Yeah. Dude, if you're going to have a quick appearance, all you're going to pop in, you're going to like press the button that launches the missiles, and you're going to yell, Burn, Burn it, it down! down! What an addition to that theme. I mean, yeah. talk about doing wonders for someone. Jay Martin, Speaking next. of things that the crowd is on board with, everybody yeah. loves to say that. Every, I like to say it. Yeah. I'm not even a big Seth Rollins guy. I love the burn You're it down. You're not even in the building. You're in your living room. Yeah. You're still saying I'm it. still saying burn it down. <laughs> I'm burning. <laughs> next question this week, Jay Martin, comes to us from JRS1 at Schumacher on Twitter. He asks a, a very difficult question that I thought a great deal about. Okay. If isolated from any resources, just a pen and paper, how many professional wrestlers do you think you could list in 30 minutes? In 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Are we doing this together in theory? Uh, yeah, maybe. Sure. Okay, I'm going I'm to say a number and you tell me if you think this is high or low. Okay. 300. Uh, th- I think that's probably right in the sweet spot. That's yeah. a really good over-under. Like 300. That, that was the number I sort of landed. You want to think it's more, but like yeah. rosters you, aren't that big. Do you ever do like sporkle Oh, quizzes? I love those things. Yeah, so yeah, they'll, yeah. So th- there'll be ones that's like... List every person who ever had an assist on a Daniel or Henrik Sedin goal. Okay, yeah. So I'm just jogging my brain for people who played for the mm-hmm. Canucks and could have conceivably passed a puck. Like testing to them. either yeah. of those guys over the course of a 19-year career. Yeah. it's And it's 
it's really hard. Like it's oh. it's easy to come up with a lot of guys, but then there will be people who pop up at the end, and it's like, uh, who the hell was yeah, that? You don't even recognize. It's like when them. I go back and watch the Attitude Era, it's like Bulb Buchanan. Yeah, <laughs> who is this well, guy? Th- and that's the tier you get to quickly. Like yeah. I bet you you'd burn through entire eras, guys. Like you you would get through like the obvious ones quickly, and I don't think it would account for all that much. Yeah, but like think of all the different like different. <clears throat> eras that you've watched and yeah. different companies you got wcw in addition true like we could come up and especially if you're allowed to like use indie guys guys yeah. from our local indie and i'm assuming it's like sporkle where like you type in someone's last name and it just automatically corrects or punches it in or whatever yeah. right so that doesn't take very long true. to come up with and if it's the two of us i'm just treating this like a sporkle quiz i think we could get to yeah about three i'd put it as high as like Three thirty, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the high end. And I for think me. we might know more than that, but it's just your ability to come up with them at well, a certain th- point. That's the thing. Ideally, you have a couple days. It, ba- you know, you go for a walk after listening to a bunch, bounces around in your head. You've got answers. Yeah. Anyway, because I mean, even like the Sporkle quiz, it's like name every member of the NWO. Oh, dude. that alone is like impossible. But you can come up with a bunch of them just by trying to think of literally any yeah. name you've ever heard of in WCW. Yeah. Who was in WCW? How many people were in NWO? It's in the 40s, it's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a lot. Incredible. Jim, our next question this week comes to us from my fellow Whitecaps fan, and I respect this name, the Ali Adnan Appreciation page at Buffer OC, friend of the show, Brandon O'Connor. And he asks, and, and maybe this should have been the first the sign guy. The sign guy. Yeah. Well, now there's a gimmick. <laughs> Who should be the first guest Bray welcomes to Firefly Funhouse? Also, a quick thank you for all the hours of entertainment and legit connections you brought to me over the last two years. A tip of the cap and a quick drink of the whiskey to you both. Thanks, Brandon. It means oh, a lot, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. That's sweet of you. Happy to do it. What a beautiful boy you are. Who should be the first member on uh, Firefly Funhouse? It's got to be someone that like fits the goof vibe yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I agree like, with I that. I don't think it would work to pull in someone serious like Aleister Black. Yeah, not yet. Day. Yeah, somebody that you can play off and sort of like get over so all the So you know, stuff. actually who might be the perfect person for it? Who's that? I wouldn't bring Kofi on as champion right away, but Xavier Woods. Wow. That's interesting. And he has the and like has scared a, of yeah, a history. Has a history with Bray Wyatt. Fuck, that's a good answer. That's a, it matches the cartoonishness. Yep. I think there's a lot of things that tonally match up there. That's who I'm going with. I, I absolutely love that answer. Within the realm of realism, that might be the best answer. If I can just have my druthers have it anyway, I think John Cena would be really interesting oh, to yeah. see in there. Just that you, guy who's like worked a bunch of Nickelodeon shows exactly. at this point. Yeah, no, I like that. Now too. he's in like the alternate universe. I think he hosted like the Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah, so, and wasn't know. there like a rumor that they were going to reboot Blue's Clues with John Cena? <gasps> Holy as the fuck! Host of I it? forgot about that. Yes, they were. So that's like absolutely up his alley. Great choice for yeah. the kid. You love to see it. You love to see it. Next question this week, JMO comes to us from former guest, the third Mark Ryan at Shap Top, the great Ryan Shap, uh, and he asks. Well, there's a few things he asks. What's the last thing you remember watching coherently during Whiskey Mania 2? Um, definitely John Cena interrupting Elias. Coherently? I was still coherent. Yeah, oh, no, at you that were. Point. Yeah, you were. I'm thinking for me. Yeah. Uh, what was the first that match the, on the pre show? That was the breaking point for <laughs> Marlon, certainly, who marked out to such a huge extent <laughs> at the just the sight of the doctor of thugonomics john cena that he like jumped into the air <laughs> with all of his limbs flailing and kicked over like 10 bottles on the table Cling. yeah uh i think for me the women's battle royal next question <laughs> is no i <laughs> bet for you it would probably be like 
Maybe the women's tag. Yeah. Yeah, that's about what I would think. What was right after that? Yeah, something in that sphere, I think. Right after that was Kofi Daniel Bryan. Oh, I think it's Kofi Daniel Bryan, maybe. I don't know. You were pretty messed up when yeah. I when I came back. That's a shoot. Uh, a couple other things from him. Is there? Oh, here we go. Uh, is there a bad episode of Top Marks? Yeah. There's definitely episodes where we get to the end and we're like, I didn't really feel that one. Yeah, low energy. But, it, I, but when I listen back to them, they're not bad. There's worse episodes for sure. I mean, yeah, I think probably the first episode is a bad episode of Top Marks. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So like. There's definitely bad episodes of Top Marks. I can't think of like one in particular besides, like you say, where at the end we're just kind of like, eh. We... This I'm... show is so reliant on uh, like our back and forth and us vibing that if like we're ever rushed sometimes, I feel like, oh, it's like a fuck. We never quite settled into it. So that'd yeah. be a version of and it. And also there's just been, um, yeah, there's definitely episodes where I feel like we're in the zone for the entire time. Yeah. Like this episode that you're listening to right now. <laughs> Let's say that everyone. And then there's episodes where <laughs> we'll stop the recording at the end of it and go outside or whatever for some fresh air and be like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I just, I, I think I'm tired. Yeah. The energy just wasn't right. It's not even that what we're talking about is bad. It's that like the spark of like what people really like about the show is just isn't there that week. Well, well let's pull back the curtain. It's episode 100. We can talk about about uh, the the doing stuff. Jmo and I work extremely opposite schedules, so sometimes <laughs> we got to meet like, in the middle. Yeah, it's like so we it's often like, recorded like three in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's like and this is not true, but like it's like he's he's waking up or I'm just out of a nap or like so sometimes there's like scheduling. Oh, dude, during last summer when I was working the morning <sighs> show, you were waking me up every single day when we came over. To record this thing so things like that sometimes can you, you know you, you never want to it's so bizarre because before i did a podcast you think oh of course this will be the 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 biggest priority ever because mm-hmm. I, I love doing it and i do love fucking doing the show absolutely me too but there are weeks where it's like you know we both work multiple jobs and there are weeks where it's like you're trying to keep your jobs your your personal relationships it's like fuck we, we got to find Two hours to get this show done and, and you know, still bring something worth content. And then if there's that mix and then there's nothing on the television that's, like, that gripping. You're on, like, the mm-hmm. third week between a six-week pay-per-view one. It's like, okay, how, how, do we turn, how do we turn this into something worth listening well, to? Well, I'll really pull back the curtain this week yeah. and tell the folks that the reason why we're, we're clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. Well, uh, clicking into high gear and firing in all, all cylinders, that's... Oh, geez, I really screwed it up. Yeah, we're really, uh, f- uh, how do you say it? Firing it yeah. all. <laughs> I sailed uh, into the ditch on that one, which I think is also like, not the correct. Yeah, that's a good My say. metaphors are, <laughs> I've ruined the show, Josh. He's coming apart at the seams. No, we, uh, we, you and I hung out and just chatted for like an hour and a half before yeah. we even hit record on this, which sometimes it's like you come over, we record like within five minutes, we're in like... A time crunch where I got to go to work, and I do have to go to work <laughs> yeah, in the next like twenty minutes. So let's move on. Get to the next question. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, our next question this week comes from from Joel twenty one at underscore Joe Hal underscore twenty one, and he asks, "What would you or would you like to see NXT becoming the third brand, and what's going to happen to two hundred five live?" I mean, these are these are good questions. I do not want NXT to be the third brand. I think I've been pretty vocal about the show. I think the more separate you can keep NXT from main roster booking is is for the benefit of the people that you enjoy in NXT. Um, Two hundred five live. What's going to happen there? I don't know because it's hard to think that they're going to sign someone specifically to put them on two hundred five that they wouldn't just put on NXT. So I do see it right now as like a developmental ground. It's funny that Neville left the company. And then everyone in his like think about Neville leaving, oh. Austin Aries leaving, because yep. they all 
felt like they were pigeonholed in this rule, and there was no rising above it. Yep. Everyone who's been the star of that show since Neville left, other than Enzo, who got acrimoniously fired, uh, the boot has been able to graduate off of that program. So, yeah. like Neville made a big stink and a big stand for himself. He got to he left the company, mm-hmm. but him leaving and him doing that has changed the way that they've treated the guys who like look definitely. What, Buddy Murphy had a six-month or longer run at the top of that show. What more is there to do? You cannot Austin Aries someone and just be like, well, your time at the top is done. Back down into the mid-card of this show you go. That's not – no one is going to stick around for that. No one. And it's not good programming either. No one will want to want – you can't come up with, like, stories for that. So, yeah, I mean – it's valuable as a developmental ground now for the guys that are there, sure. but uh, are they going to sign people and put them in there? That When you have NXT and three different NXTs right now, it feels like in some ways. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, UK, normal, and 205 feels yeah. like NXT. Uh, I'll say this. I actually think it's a bit more sinister, if I'm being honest. I, I think 205 Live isn't going anywhere because they like to sign guys up so that the indies can't grow and other companies don't get stars, and they just need places to put those bodies, and 205 Live happens to be a place for a body to be. Yeah, and Uh, honestly, why do guys graduate off of 205 Live? It's because they're replacing people who have left the company. That's exactly right. Next question this week, JMO comes to us from the CM Punk meter himself, John Cullen at Cullen the Comic. (laughs) He asks, doing 100 episodes of a wrestling broadcast is an impressive but kind of dumb feat. Agreed. Big time. <laughs> what are some things you can think of that went on for a very long time in wrestling that were kind of dumb but impressive? Uh, I will say the <laughs> the dedication to trying to make Emelina happen. Wow, what a fucking good <laughs> answer that is. Is like it? It's just astonishing. How long was that? It was forever. Wasn't it like eight like, months? Like, think of how long it felt like we've been watching Lacey Evans walk down the ramp and wave and leave. Wow. That was only like three months. Emelina ran for, I think, more than twice that length. I think that ran for close to like seven months or something. Jesus that just Christ. went for fucking ever. That's a great answer. I don't want to linger here too long, JMO, because I want to burn through the next four before we get out of here. But I'll say Road Dog, a guy who had no right to be as over as he was for as long as he was based off of what abilities he had. And yet there he was, dumb and impressive forever. You know why he stayed? Tell me. Didn't you feel something just from hearing me <laughs> sing that song? I absolutely yeah, did. Because it's... just hearing it, that's the thing that's, that themes are missing nowadays. It's like yes. you don't get excited to hear anyone's music. Absolutely correct. Jamar, next question comes to us from the hilarious named Top Marks 2018 Most Powerful Listener of the Year. It's Donald Duck Job. It's at Matt Reynas, and he asks, <laughs> what does Mojo Raleigh sing at karaoke? Country roads. Wow. Take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, Mojo Raleigh. Take me home. Our next question this week, JMO, comes to us from (laughs) former guest of the program, Caitlin H. at Crusader. And she asks, 
What is your fondest Top Marks memory from last 100 episodes? Congrats, that, good friends. That's so hard. It's a very hard question. It's really extremely difficult to come up with because I know there have been things on this show, uh, like even in the last couple months, where like we're sitting here at the table doing the show just in tears. Yes. Like cannot speak laughing yeah. so hard at something that's come up. And trying to think of even one good joke that we've told on the show over no, the we last haven't done episodes, one. <laughs> I can't name a single one. They just they come and go. The, They're fleeting. But I know they exist. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, this show, I'm always 99% of the time in a better mood after doing this show than I was before. And I have a great time laughing it up with you. But to think of one thing is so tricky. I hate having to give an answer here, but there is one that comes to mind. I'm just going to say... Uh, Teen Days, Jameson's appearance on the first WrestleMania house party, where he was very invested in WrestleMania, but knew nothing about it, but only revealed that halfway through. I remember just, like, busting a gut, and, like, I never got back on the rails as he was doing it for the second half. So, there's a, really a million. I don't know that that's even close to the best one, but like you say, they're also... The, what I like about the show is just the fucking in and out, you know? Yeah, um, like distinct moments it's so hard uh, obviously i've loved all of the characters that i've gotten to play of course yeah santa is a good one. Oh, the ghost <laughs> uh, um oh gil gil obviously uh <laughs> what's his name the guy from nxt uk flash morgan, flash morgan Webster. Webster. your improv background definitely like comes <laughs> to life on this show i feel like you've been a zillion character yeah those are all so like one of the things that is honestly one of my favorite memories one of my favorite things that i get to do on the show is folks we're wearing broadcast headsets yes. you know when you see like a play-by-play person on sports tv oh and they're wearing like a headset and it's got the drop down mic coming off the side every time one of my characters like leaves the podcast every time all i'm doing is moving the microphone up towards my forehead wow, this right is now. very behind the scenes yeah. can you do the gill farewell with the mic give us the full effect here i sure can you big old fuck face anyways goodbye <laughs> <laughs> would not be episode 100 without an appearance it's so simple and stupid but i love it every time. next question jmo comes to us from hunter her swelmsley finally a name i recognize at book of lube and he asks Name two wrestlers the good friends could most realistically beat up in a tag team match as the main event of the Top Marks 100 episode spectacular. Floop, if you're going to send these workers after two shooters like J-Mo and I, you better send four. I don't know if there's a tag team on the roster we wouldn't put down for the one, two, three. No problem. But you know who the best team it could be? Who's that? I'll tell you. They were working not that long ago. They were working... Joey Janela's Spring Break 3. Oh, boy. It's the Rock, Rock and, and Roll, Roll Express, Express. Yeah, looking exactly like they do today. Let's beat up some old fucks. Yeah, yeah let's let them have that's it. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I hate yeah. the elderly. I don't think they should vote. I hold that dear to my heart. If, once you turn 60, mm-hmm. guess who's not voting, bitch? It's you. Yeah. What do you care? You're 60. They're taking money that should go to me. Absolutely. Fuck that's the what, boomers, That's what man. I've always said. Welcome to a wrestling podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> couple more, Jamal. Next one comes to us from at Lorenzo Biao. It's our guy. It's Doug, Doug Crap. Crap. Surely in 100 episodes, you've heard some bad takes. What's the worst take the other has said? Additionally, what was the worst take a guest has had? So we've done the you and I worst take things before. Multiple times, yeah. <laughs> a number of people chimed in, too, on this one in the group chat this week to say me saying that gender being racist <laughs> towards Shinsuke Nakamura was good heat. Yeah, that one. I'll came- stand by that, though. I don't regret that. I, that one came up. Um, 
I think, I don't know if it's one take, but certainly I was on the Dean Ambrose train a little bit too long. Uh, he didn't really do anything impactful for the last two years of me being a fan of his, so so that one comes to mind. I, I'll be honest, I'm not just saying this to, to you know, remain you know partisan or whatever, but, but I can't really think of our guests ever bringing a, a really atrocious take to the table. Can you? Um, I mean, Mike is just... Incessantly He's not a guest, about though. Things. Mike's a caller, not that's, a guest. <laughs> we don't true. we don't ask him to come on. He, he, just, <laughs> he yells just yells from the couch. That's not it's not a guest on the show. <laughs> that that's like that's like that's like a we're playing on stage and someone from the audience is like play the hits. It's like you're not you, what you're not a you're not a feature on this song. You're just some jamoke yelling at me. You know, that forget is, it. That's very true. Uh, Absolutely. Listen, all of our guests, I love them dearly. They're all my best friends. No, you know what the worst take that has ever been said on this show what's that john cullen calling Sami Zayn a job yeah guy. that that you know what that is a stinker the Sami Zayn sucks that was a bad one yours about alistair black having bad tattoos stands out in my mind i just think his back tattoo is not good man We're, i don't like it and listen i'm not the barometer for taste but i think it kicks ass jmo we got time for another question well, yeah one more why not here we go uh, and it comes from the aforementioned mike noble uh, at Bike Melon on Twitter, he says, what is your least favorite Top Marks bit that you wish you could throw out into a fire and watch burn out of existence? For me, it's anytime Mike's on the show. That would be mine. <laughs> That's the bit. When I'm mid-sentence and I have... He doesn't understand yeah. how little we can hear him exactly. with headphones. It's like, you just hear... It's like, what did... You, okay, let me kill yeah, the momentum of the show. He Sorry, what did you he say? He always has his phone in his hand, too. <laughs> he could literally just message us with his phone. But instead, he, he's like... He tries to not say anything. And by not talking, he's just going to mouth the words to us. Guess what, Mike? I can't read we lips. Can't, we can't hear I you. I have fine. no idea what you're trying to tell me. Just write it down and send right. it to me. On the flip side of the coin, the Mike Noble breaking news sometimes is very good. Oh, he yeah. has given us... Good things Absolutely. on the show. Absolutely. Is there a bit that we've we've put to bed that that you you're glad is gone? Not really. You liked Drummer Slam. Yeah, Drummer Slam was fun. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, th- I, th- I think uh, we we did bring it back relatively recently, but I think Sunday Night Tweet has run its course. Yeah. Like, there's even I, I got a five out of five like the first week we brought it back, and everybody no sold it. Yeah. Because once you've hit five out of five once, it's not as impressive to do it again. That's absolutely the truth. The so first I guess time I guess I'm kind of happy to be done with that one. So there we go. That one. I. Well, maybe the the Curry Man sign off yeah, as uh, yeah. we put that to bed last week. And, yeah, uh, no more Curry Man sign off. Curry Man is in the dumpster. JMO, that's it for the questions this week. Do you have anything you want to say as we wrap up our one hundredth episode of Top Marks? Just that you are my hashtag good friend. I love you. You will always be my hashtag good friend. Wow. I love doing this show every week. I love finding an excuse to hang out with you. Yes. I I have felt uh, uh, of late and you've touched on this not that long ago that like some weeks we're really jamming it in yeah. and it's like we don't even hang out it's just you come in we do the show you get the hell out of here yeah. well but, that's how, how we prefer it mm-hmm. it's just but like you know there are times when I got other friends that I go like a month without seeing and of it's course. just because schedules don't line up always Dude, you know? it, I don't see the band guys outside of the band all yeah, that yeah, often yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. just when you have a scheduled how often do you schedule hangouts with your roommate right like if you have a standing hang that's sometimes the way it goes yeah Only seven days in a week too true so, so I, I i like that we make time every week i always enjoy doing it yeah. i like that there's people who like it so much they want to pay us to keep doing it yeah that's isn't incredible. that the greatest feeling yeah, in that, the world? that's the real thank you to me it blows my mind that anybody listens to me doing a podcast like i don't i still don't know what i'm doing a hundred later and so but, if you're but you know what bud you do know what you're doing because here's the thing 
here's here's what I have really enjoyed about like because I've had to go through this process myself as mm. a broadcaster through school and then kind of unlearning things I was taught in school as I worked and then reteaching myself things that I did poorly as I taught myself, <laughs> sure. or what, you know, like the thing that everyone wants, the thing that everyone is searching for, the number one thing that turns people off is inauthentic, like material. Like you're very put on on the mic. Exactly. And there are tons of people who are like that. I know who you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> but like you have become comfortable and maybe it's just that we're friends yeah, I think and you feel like you're talking you. to me like we're off the air now. But like, I feel like the the you that's on the show is the you in real life and that's hmm. that's what everything should strive to be like so i skipped all the learning how yeah, to do yeah. it correctly and yeah. like just to be in the kid josh c on air yeah you are yourself and that's all anyone can be and that's oh. all anyone is looking for everyone wants something that's authentic and if you can offer that then you're doing a good job and that's what i try to do in everything that i do i so. appreciate that a great deal you're definitely a sincere man if you are hearing this right now you're the real heroes it means the world to us. Braver than the troops. Listen to By 150 far. hours of this. I mean, Lord Almighty, truly, truly braver than the troops. Uh, thank you so much. The The community under this show is easily my favorite thing, uh, you know, not on the internet, but it, it really does mean the world to me. Thank you so much. Uh, 100 down, 100 to go. <laughs> if you ask me, 1900 to go, baby. <laughs> well, 2000? Well, yeah, I'm not 40, living that 40 long. years from now, when the earth is just a smoking cinder, <laughs> nothing is left but the internet and wrestling, and it you is. and I still talking about it. <laughs> and everyone is still here to listen to it. If you want to continue listening, if you want to support it, please share this episode. We'd love to pick up some listeners on episode 100. If you want to support us financially, patreon.com slash topmarks. Throw a couple dollars in the hat. And until next week, Justin... Pepperoni sticks. Say yeah. We gonna talk about movies at all? Oh, do we still do banter? I don't know. Do we? <laughs> the new, the in, new intro. We don't do the wah wah wah. Yeah. We don't say this new intro really threw me for yeah. a loop. Well, we talked about movies for like an hour before we started recording today. Instead of talking about movies we've seen, mm -hmm. why don't we just say because everyone listening to this is going to go see Endgame. Yeah. We're, we're I'm seeing Endgame tomorrow. You're seeing it in two days. Yeah, Friday. Next time we talk, we'll have both seen it. We might do. An Endgame bonus episode. We'd like we, we did do Infinity it for Infinity War. Last War. Year. Yeah, that that's definitely true. I'd be interested in doing that. So uh, you know, maybe look forward to that on the Patreon feed. In the meantime, I will say I saw three movies this week. Yeah, uh, they are Hellboy, Shazam, and The Grizzlies. <laughs> One of these things is not yes. like the other. The Grizzlies was the best of the bunch, though. That's why it's different. It was a genuinely emotionally moving, like very uh, incredible. Like, I was in tears for, like, half of that movie. It's Holy smokes. great. I really recommend it. It's a Canadian film about um, a lacrosse school team. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. In, I saw the trailer. none of it. Yeah, I got to watch this. Yeah, it's it's basically about uh, <laughs> a white savior school teacher who introduces lacrosse to a community that is suffering, basically, like, a suicide epidemic among its young people. Yeah. I found it to be, like incredibly moving. I plan on seeing it. It's, and I, last time I recommended a Canadian movie, it was in and out of theaters in a week, so I really hope people go out and see this because it deserves an audience. I'd like to say briefly, if you're a true banterhead and you're still listening, we struggled to think of good moments from the show. Tweet at us, at TopMuxProd. I would yeah, love to hear what yeah, moments you guys have enjoyed. What do you think is the funniest thing that's ever happened on this show? I don't even remember the jokes we made. Hee <laughs> 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 Titus Worldwide!